Fort Worth. Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. I am Anthony Sosa, and today I'm here with Thomas Moore, Tommy Boy, to discuss essentially the Tarrant County Commissioner's Court and some news regarding that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Beto, Beto O'Rourke, and his unofficial run for governor, which is probably going to become official here pretty soon. Uh, and then as well, talk about a few other things and Haitian migrants at the border. All of the resources used for this episode, as in every episode, will be provided below in the show notes. And I just want to quickly remind you that this podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues at our website, justicereformleague.net. Feel free to contact us if you have any episode ideas or additional stories that you would like us to cover. You can hit us up on Twitter at FWReview. And uh, you can send us a Gmail or send us an email at our Gmail, fwfreedomreview at gmail.com. Because I don't know, a lot of this, a lot of this could go a lot of different ways. I guess, I guess we could start because we're already like, already Headed getting there, already yeah. getting into it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I guess, so what do you want to? Uh, I guess let's start with the county commissioner's court um, bond election in November. So you said earlier in the chat uh, off air that they were giving themselves a raise. Uh, did where was that? I couldn't find that at least in the article that I had pulled. I didn't know if you had found let that me, somewhere else. Let me see if I can pull that up for you real quick. Because uh, what we've got in the chat is essentially so in in November. I'll I'll, I'll, while you while you're looking that up, I'll just go ahead and kind of uh, re, re yeah. re, uh, refresh everyone's memory. So this November, and so I discovered this too. I think last time we were talking, I was like, "Oh, well, we're going to have to do the commissioner's court thing in November." That's not in November. Um, that's going to be in May. So I was like, okay, so what are we actually voting on in November? It's just going to be those eight propositions that we talked about last episode. Um, and then any local propositions. So those were the state ones that we talked about. Tarrant County, the commissioner's court has decided they want a bond election, which is going to be Proposition A. And I believe Fort Worth ISD is doing one. And Fort Worth City maybe will do one or two or something. So it's essentially just going to be a bunch of propositions that we're voting on in November. and then. The commissioner's court election will be May 1st. And then the governor's, the 2022 governor election will be next year. So we've got plenty of time to talk about that. We're going to talk about Beto here in a little bit. But yeah, but yeah so as far as this county bond, they were, they were trying to raise the $516 million to what I was seeing was essentially for infrastructure. but. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they are trying to, you know, increase their pay. That's that's not un unheard of for politicians to do that here and there. Um, and then it says Proposition B, 
is for the issuance of uh, 116 million in general obligation bonds for the criminal. Oh, that's right, the criminal district attorney office. They're wanting to upgrade the attorney's office and like get, I guess, right. better offices Which, or office spaces. I want to see exactly why it's almost as much as all the roads and bridges for like the entire county for one freaking building. Like either our roads are severely underfunded or that's going to be one bougie building. Yeah. I'm they, cu- yeah. Unless they're talking about like just straight up making a complete new one. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, I mean, and that's the, that is one thing that like, I don't know. I don't have as much of an issue with um, facilities being paid for or acquired right. or built or whatever, because that really is like a lot of government buildings are, notorious for being like run down and like really crap mm-hmm. hastily you know built under crappy contracts or blah 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 or whatever and so like i don't know if it, i'm not surprised if they're where they're uh, where a lot of the i don't i don't know where the current office is the current so, criminal district attorney's I office just, is but. yeah i just shared uh two links to discord um one about them voting last year not to give themselves raises and one one of them voting this year to give themselves raises, the only person who voted against it was Devon Allen, my huh. my commissioner, because she's the truth. Sorry she's about right. everyone else in Tarrant County. <laughs> my commissioner is better than yours. So yeah, I are so. Do you know this? This shows my ignorance on this. Um, are all five commissioners up for election at the same time? I know county judge like betsy price is running for county judge okay. in may they don't do it all at the same time so commissioner brooks just won his okay. i think devon allen had just won election in 2019 and i think she's gonna have re-election in i think hers might be coming out i'll have to double check the only reason we know two of them are up is because uh the county judge mm-hmm. uh is re- he's retiring and that's why Betsy Price is running. And honestly, I'd hate to say it, but she's probably going to get it unless we have a really, really, really good candidate to run against her. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think it's J.D. Johnson yeah. is also retiring. So that's how we know there's going to be two different ones that are changing is because... We got those two uh, vacancies. Yeah. Okay. But that makes sense. I'll have to double check. I think they're the only two that are, that are going because they kind of... The way they do it is there's never too many commissioners running at once. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Kind of staggering. Um, yeah. Although, I will say this. Um, someone won me over on the whole pay argument, on the pay raises argument. Yeah, yeah. We've talked uh, about that a few times. I mean, yeah. For commissioner's court right now, I'm not really like, oh my god, this is terrible. Because, like, the salary is like 174 k or something ridiculous like that. It's a lot. They they get paid enough people. They eat good. Um, I remember there was a measure in Fort Worth a while back to raise the salary of members of the city council and the mayor. And at first I was like, this is terrible. They're just trying to rich themselves until I found out that, you know, they don't get paid hardly anything yeah. for the job they're doing. I'm like, okay, well, this is a good thing. Because what, what that does is when the pay is that low, it means that the only people who can be candidates are the ones who can afford to yep because politicians are people too they're gonna have bills they're gonna be able to eat you know so if i'm working 60 hours a week and i'm only bringing in like 25 that's not really conducive to anything i probably can't even do my job to the best of my ability because i'm probably gonna have to end up having to take a job on the side on top of that 
So instead of doing, yeah. you know, extra work for the main job, I'm having to do the side job just, just to keep eating. So the yeah. only people who can afford not to do that are either people who are retired, people who have a, you know, a spouse that just makes bank or people who just have, you know, trust fund babies, people like that, you know, people who are already well off and don't have to work. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The only people who could do that. Um, this is not one of those situations. Um, Tarrant County is taking care of people. They, they, uh, they, they're already eating good. Um, most of the people on there, um, don't really need to be on the court for financial purposes. You know, uh, some people like to further their political careers. Um, and then some people like Devon Allen are there for, uh, out of the need for public service. I mean, really, if you think about it from a, from a power perspective, like you have more power as a county commissioner. Um, yes. Yes, you, you do. do. As a city council member. Um, because you're, and no one knows about the commission, which I yeah, think no, is I hilarious. mean, yeah, us included, like you're of the, of the four of us who do the podcast, like you're the one of us who's, who's been interacted with the court, you know, spoken right, at right. it. Like you, you, you know more about it than the rest of us. And yeah, like it, it, uh, most people don't. And that's, but that's the thing, like Tarrant County is, mm -hmm. is a population of over 2 million people. Fort Worth proper is only, you know, just shy of a million. So the count and the county supersedes the city in certain circumstances. Like yeah. it's, it, you know, state laws are implemented at the county level. And so like right. the state of Texas essentially is kind of having alongside Tarrant County, you know, do certain mm. things that have that supersede what the city's yeah. jurisdiction is. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's one of those things and we don't know. Most of us don't know who right. our commissioners are, you know, what, what decisions they're making. I had to look mine up. Yeah. Uh, just, just to clarify, like to give you an example, when they had the whole CCPD extension vote the first time to to uh, approve the meet and confer, you know, half the city of Fort Worth showed up and they had a vote to postpone it. Mm -hmm. um, when I went with your with your friends from I out of Tarrant, uh, not this year but last year when they voted on the two eighty seven G agreement, mm -hmm. which Y'all don't know that's an agreement that ICE has with local governments to essentially streamline the arrest and deportation of uh, illegal immigrants. Um, essentially deputizing police officers to become ICE agents. Basically, yeah. Uh, it says it doesn't waste any any local government money, but it does. It really does. But uh, when I went to go speak up against that, it was us, ICE, out of Terry, and almost nobody else. There was a crowd. It just wasn't nearly as big as the Fort Worth crowd. Mm -hmm. And this was the middle of George Floyd protest where yep. everyone was active, you know. Yep. Uh, I think I actually went to the meeting, spoke later that night, I ended up having to tell everyone about the two eighty seven G agreement. Um, but yeah, uh, people need to be more informed about your local politics, especially at the county commissioner level, because they have a lot more sway over you. And it's crazy to me how these are people who almost no one knows. Yep. And they have so much influence on their lives. Yep. So that's so we're going to be spending, you know, plenty of time between now and May talking about that, educating us about, you know, what, what the process, who who's going to be, who are candidates, you know, are going to be in that sort of thing. Obviously, Betsy is going to be one of them. We obviously, <laughs> if you've listened to us before, you you probably know how we feel about Mrs. Price. Um, but on on the topic of the commissioner's court, uh, the uh, the next thing that we wanted to hit was also kind of in regards to them 
in regards to this Trump um, state audit of the election from <laughs> almost a year ago now, which is just so if you don't know, if you haven't heard, Trump essentially said, uh, I don't know, was it just like, did he just say it? Was it a tweet or some sort of social media thing? Or was it, I don't remember if it was an audio clip or something or but he essentially was like texas knows that there's been fraudulent you know voting in the state of texas and uh right after he said that essentially uh, the the abbott administration started filing for an audit or they announced that they were going to do an election audit but the thing that i thought was so weird about it like first of all like why didn't you do that i don't know what is it? September nine months ago or something like yeah. a, a year. It's almost a year for for real. So it's like well, he won Texas. It was the only yeah. state he won. But here's here's the fun part. I was reading one of the I think it was the Guardian article. They got something wrong that you shared. Um, they were saying that Trump won by the same margin he did in 2016. Mm. That's not true. No, it's not. In 2016, he won by nine percent. In 2020. He won by 6.5%. So his influence is shrinking and he knows it. That's why they're going through this. Tarrant County, one of the reddest counties in the nation, yep. went blue. That's why everyone's panicking. And then I think Collin County almost did. Yep. Yeah, something. They're freaking out because their their little plan for for taking over by a landslide, whatever, back backfired tremendously, like spectacularly. Like they're saying, oh, Trump won by a landslide. Not really, no. I haven't seen the GOP lose this bad in a long, long time. And so another thing you can look at, this is slightly off topic, but if you look at the the recall election for the governor in California from a couple of weeks ago um, with Gavin Newsom, uh, that there was a big push to get him recalled. And we don't have this in Texas. This is a completely foreign concept to us here. But like in other states, you can recall the governor. <laughs> and so usually when you have uh, when you have a big push for that, um, you think there's going to be you know more people, a higher percentage behind you know getting re- getting rid of the governor. And when if you look at the numbers, it's the exact same percentage uh, that voted for Trump. Like it. There was no groundswell. There was no like majority. Yeah. It was like a, it was like essentially two thirds to a third. It was a little little slightly. It more was like that, sixty-five, but... thirty-five. My yeah. favorite part about that was Hassan Piker's coverage because he's literally debated and in my opinion, he he owned this man of debate, Larry Elder. Oh yes. So everyone was yes. talking. Yeah. Oh, it was outstanding. So the, 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 what, like, the no one ever been in the debate should ever be run for public office. Yeah, that guy was a... Uh... Yeah, that, that, that I would, I mean, it, so if just in regards to the listener, if you're not f- aware, so he was one of the potential, uh, if Gavin Newsom was going to be recalled, then like essentially on their ballot, you're asked two questions. One is, should the governor be recalled? And then if you answer yes, no. And then on the second question on the ballot, it's like, okay, if the governor's going to be recalled, who should replace them? And so then you have like four, I think it was four names that they had to pick from. Larry Elder yeah. was the presumed. Uh, you know, front runner for that other position, but it never got to the second question because, like, you know, sixty six percent of the people were like, "Nah." So that's you got to think of the insanity of that, though. Like, you could have fifty one percent of people who want to replace the governor, right? I think Larry Elder. None of the other candidates broke like. Oh yeah, 10, it was fifteen percent because there's a lot. He got like eleven percent. That means someone with eleven percent of the support of California gets to be governor. Yeah. 
that yeah that's that's one of the possibilities in that and that's the the risk of a recall so mm-hmm. again getting deeper into the weeds before we get back to bef- the the trump thing but like if you if you look at you the united kingdom and theresa may who was their prime minister under brexit and so like the, mm-hmm. the dude the dude before her essentially was the guy that that threw out the referendum to the country about should we or shouldn't we do brexit and that's right. when the country voted yes by a very 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 narrow margin that dude stepped down. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Uh, and then Theresa May. Not Tony Blair, is it? No, that, he's from a while yeah. ago. He's from the late 90s, early 2000s. But, um, but so Theresa May come, becomes the new prime minister. And she gets elected twice. And in the middle, you know, this is like three years ago or something. And like in the middle of her term, decides to do a recall election. Like, hey, let me just, because apparently in, in British politics, you can do that where you can just like, hey, I'm going to run for, for prime minister again now instead of at the end of my term as like some sort of political gamble to where like, well, if I win now, then I have like a super strong mandate to do all the stuff I want to do. Right. So um, the way it she works lost, is, she was gone. Yeah, way, <laughs> yeah. I think the way it works is someone in their parliament selects the prime minister, but it's like, okay, think of it like this in their government. They don't have like a, a Senate majority leader. Yeah. They, they got like the house of Lords minister. and the house of commons. Yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah. They have, so what they do is they have each party select someone to be their prime minister. And then if they have enough votes in the in in parliament, that's who becomes prime minister. What she was trying to do was do a revote uh to try to consolidate some of the power because you can actually yeah. have but that's a risk there switch their parties in parliament and it backfired spectacularly yeah. and she ended up with British Trump. Yeah, and so that's how we got Boris Johnson is because she shot herself in the foot by holding that re- anyways so all those things happen in it's, other it's places still funny it's <laughs> it still is still funny. funny but yeah that's just kind of our point the reason we kind of say all that is essentially we're trying to look and see is the 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 conservative fervor rising since biden has been elected or is it is it going down a little bit like or, or is the vote you know you would think in response okay the conservatives are going to come out and vote even though they didn't quite you know they came out in pretty strong numbers in 2020 it's like when we look at california they didn't come out. Uh, and so when we look at Texas as a potential swing state, is Texas going to get more red or less red? You know, it's that, that we're trying to figure out those sorts of trends. Uh, then we can look at this. Now they're recalling the election here or they're trying to. So, OK, back to that. So that's something that like they said. Let me find let me read it from the from the story. So this is from a, a CNN thing. County officials in Texas say they are in the dark following audit announcement. Uh, a day, I'm just going to read from the article, quote, a day after a press release obliquely announced that a, quote, full forensic audit, end quote, was already underway in a handful of Texas counties, officials in many of those counties told CNN they're still in the dark about the audit plans. Hours after former President Donald Trump fired off a letter, there was a, it was a written letter, to GOP Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Demanding an audit of the 2020 presidential election results, the Texas Secretary of State's office appeared to comply. Uh, A Thursday evening press release from the office stated that the Secretary of State has the authority to conduct a full and comprehensive forensic audit of any election and has already begun the process in Texas's two largest Democrat counties and two largest Republican counties, Dallas, Harris, Tarrant, and Collin, for the 2020 election. So that's what they're saying. But then when you, first of all, it says the Secretary of State's office of Texas has that power. Well, 
there is no secretary of state in Texas. That's a currently vacant position. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so uh, th there is no response from that office when they were like contacted the secretary of state of Texas office for clarity. Like there was no response. Uh, officials in Dallas, Harris and Tarrant County said they have not yet received any requests from the secretary of state's office for the information or the materials that would be relevant for a post election audit. Um, so meaning like they haven't done the internal process. Like if you're going to do an audit, it's a big logistical thing you got to do. It's a big bureaucratic thing you got to do. You got to check all the boxes. You got to do all this red tape, all this paperwork. If you're going to start this process and you do it, you know, days or weeks in advance, none of that has happened. Um, and so it, it, it seems that like Trump said this thing and then, you know, said jump and the governor says how high and just, yeah. go, you know, and just goes, okay, we're, we're doing it. And then like the actual bureaucratic workings of the state are like, wait, what we haven't, what yeah. we're not, we haven't started doing that yet. And how are we going to do that? You're going to, so I'm right. curious to see if this actually goes anywhere. It reminds me of the same stuff Trump was doing when he was in office, when he would just surprise write military policy via tweet and then like the pentagon would have to like scramble and figure out how to respond and answer to That's exactly what it is. you know it's I think, like honestly real talk this is from, from somebody with mania uh this is bipolar behavior is what this is um so, someone needs to take that man's phone away uh because he's not making sense the only thing i can think of right now is they're trying to prove fraud in a place where they have enough control to prove fraud I think they tried to do that with Georgia, but the problem is Trump was repeatedly asking, he's really bad about asking people to do things that are not within their power, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because he so, just doesn't understand like, he gets the upset when they won't abuse their authority. Yeah, no, totally. You're totally right. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. Like, so, okay, what are they going to prove? That he won the state more? Like, what? what is... What he can't get more electoral college votes if I would, you know, like I, I don't, don't even know understand if I play that game with five percent of the vote, you know, because they tried that with Georgia and Arizona, which I kind of get because those were close, yeah. Um, but it wasn't that close, five percent, yeah. And from what we've been seeing, is usually what happens is it turns out Trump lost by more than he, did. yeah. That's what's I mean, it's usually yeah. a couple hundred votes, but still, yeah, that's true, that's that's true. So I don't know. So, okay. So let's let this segue us into the next, the next thing. So, okay. Mm. Th this is another misstep of the governor in many, in a series of many missteps this year. You know, we can go back to the, the, the winter storm. You can go back that's, further, right? That, that's ice just, cold, bro. He can't yeah. walk. Why do you think he's misstepping? <laughs> okay. He's uh, okay. Fair enough. Excuse me. Pardon <laughs> me. I don't even know what the proper analogy is, but, but yes. So, He's he made some gaffes. Yeah. Uh, you know, handling the, the pandemic. He pissed everybody off doing that. Like he pissed off conservatives by having a mass mandate for a period of time. He, you know, and then he pissed off everybody else about getting rid of it and keeping schools, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everyone, all the, the past year and a half, he's done all the stuff that made a bunch of people mad. But then the ice storm in February is another, like that's t his approval ratings gone down since then. Um, and, yep. and then we have, you know, the most recent stuff with the abortion bill that's going to activate and, you know, a bunch of people that otherwise wouldn't be strongly voting who now are like, okay, I have to vote for, to protect. These if things. you ever wonder why sometimes politicians don't quite all the way deliver on some of their promises, 
it's because the people who are activated, the, the people who vote the most are the most emotional people. So if mm -hmm. I give you what you want, you're satisfied, right? Let's say I I have a buffet and I work at a restaurant, right? I want you to eat more. I don't necessarily want you full. So instead of giving you like something that's going to make you full, I'll give you like rice that's going to make you feel full. And in about 20, 15, 20 minutes, you're going to want to get up and eat some more, right? That's how politics works. What Greg Abbott did was basically appease all the conservatives. But in the process, he's pissed off all the progressives and a lot of the moderates. And I think that's how he's going to end up losing. Yeah, so that's I guess that's what I'm getting at. And like and even some of the articles that we that we have posted in the show notes about this, like say that his he's vulnerable this time around he's um, very because vulnerable. a lot of this stuff. And so all of that to say um, it now appears that Beto O'Rourke is running. He hasn't officially announced, mm -hmm. but he's leaked through sources to journalists that he's probably running. Um, and so now it's, people are talking about it. Like I said, we still have a whole year before the governor election. Uh, and so there's more, way more to develop on this, but like you brought this, I think it was last episode, but it might've been two episodes ago. You brought up Beto and we kind of mm -hmm. talked about it for like two minutes. I was like, he's not running, but we were, uh, you, were, like, you, Wait, you were like, we need him. And I think me and Rose were like, but I don't know. He, he's kind of burned some bridges, right? Maybe. So like, so now that it looks like, you know. Abbott's not doing great and he's not making mm -hmm. a good case for himself. You know, we're, who else besides Beto could actually, you know, like maybe beat Abbott, you know? Well, apparently it's the Lincoln lawyer, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. He's currently the front runner somehow. Yeah. He's nine, he's nine points above Abbott. Beto is five points below, but that anything can happen in an actual thing. Not, yeah. Neither of these men have actually committed to what I think should happen is Beto should be governor, and then you should make McConaughey lieutenant governor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what? That's not a bad idea. Uh, the thing is, you'd have to convince McConaughey to, like, I, mean, I don't even know if they do running mate things for that, right? Maybe? I guess, yeah? Like, I have I to look at it. You, you can kind of do that. I think McConaughey wouldn't mind taking a step back. Because here, Here's the thing. All three of those guys, I hate Abbott, you know, as much as the next guy, but all three of those guys bitch slap Dan Patrick. Like, yeah. it would be bad. Yeah. No, definitely. So, yeah. So, I don't know, man. The, the So, that poll, too, that poll was from a while ago. That that McConaughey being ahead of of, right. of uh, Abbott by nine and Beto being behind Abbott by five. Like, I think it was like six, eight months ago. Uh, I, I think well, Abbott's either gotten worse Either one of those guys are in striking distance of Abbott. I think as yeah. time goes on, as yeah. time goes on, they're going to outpace him. I mean, the thing is... McConaughey could just be a Republican, you know, like he's there's nothing to say that he's not. He's just been very, very smart uh, right. by, by not saying really anything about his positions. Um, so I don't know. And, and you know, it's like, again, the bar is so low now because every, Abbott, like I have plenty of conservative friends who do not like Abbott. Uh, and so like even, you know. They, they they would be down for somebody like McConaughey for sure. Um, and I, I don't know. I just don't I don't. I don't know, like if that's better, like I want to say it's better. It, obviously, I don't think McConaughey is going to try and 
you know, get rid of abortion, for instance, like it, it, he won't have to. That'll be something that that, that ship is essentially sailed. We're going to wait for the Supreme Court. Well, to make the a other decision thing about you got to think about is what's the what's the what's the makeup of the Texas House and Senate? Because that's only yeah. they can, they're only as powerful as they have sway in there. I. I hope we see change on that front. That thing has yeah. not changed in so long. And like we just had mm-hmm. the year that we had. And the Democrats took one Senate seat, and that was the only thing that changed. They might have lost a couple of House seats. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I it, think that's yeah. how that, that ended up happening. Yeah, and so uh, you know, it's uh, that you're right. That is where the change really needs to happen is in the Texas House and in the Texas Senate, because the people. I mean, essentially, like it's the Tea Party people from ten years ago. Yeah, that, like that are still there. That, that, that kind of came in in that wave, that anti-Obama wave after the 2008 election. Uh, and they're still running the, the Texas legislature. Well, that Tea Party thing basically turned into QAnon pro-Trump stuff. Yeah. Like, it's 95% the same stuff. And it's weird, too, you now, it, in that frame, like, thinking about it like that, it's not surprising that Ted Cruz is, like, the you know, poster boy for that. Cause that's what he was. He, he came in as like a tea party Republican. Yeah, like, yeah. And now he's Ted Cruz, you know, <laughs> now he is like the face of that whole movement. Um, man, I don't know. All this stuff's just bumming me out, <laughs> but, but Beto, here, like, let me ask. Here, okay. Go ahead. If you're wondering why you're bummed out, it's because old people vote more than young people and old people tend to vote more conservatively. Okay. If we were just like, hey, free retirements for homes for everybody from the That's president. not true. That's a that is that is something people have been saying for a long time. There's not really right. evidence to back it up. It's just it's just something we well, like to say. Um here here's the thing. On local at no at the local level, at the local and state levels, you know, young people, there's there's a lot of young people who would probably vote progressively. If they voted, the thing is, though, there's so many people who only think that there's a presidential election and nothing else. Yeah, no, 100 percent. People who show up the most consistently are your retirees, yeah. your older, your older voters. And they typically tend to pay attention to the most. And in I mean, Texas especially right here. Now, yeah, here in Fort Worth, they're Texas, more. Con- yeah, sure. they're more conservative. Yeah, absolutely. Nationwide, it, it varies. But yeah, for Texas, that's that's how it's been going. Yeah, no, for sure. So do you think. Between now and November, do you think Beto will be able to like rehabilitate his image a little bit? Do you think it needs rehabbing in in Texas? I mean, that's the thing. I feel like he's been on the national stage for like really like playing to the national audience so much. Like, what does Texas think of him? If Beto can step out more and get more press, I think he can pull this off. I think if he does that and focuses more on like voting rights and abortion rights and less on gun control, because that's yeah. what killed him. He said one yes. thing about guns. Yes. And next thing you know, Ted Cruz won by two percent. I think he essentially needs to apologize for that. Like not not like literally say I'm sorry, but like make it very clear if he's running for governor that right. that is not something he's running on. And like that that's not like, optional. You know what I'm saying? Once again, like yeah, and just for the listeners. You know, I I've, I said this once and I'll repeat it. Um, when I went to go speak in favor of the Sandra Bland and George Floyd acts in Austin, Beto was there, but he wasn't there for gun control. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there to speak against the open carry bill, which was yeah. also taking public comments th- yeah. that day. 
He was there to, to speak against the voter suppression bill. Yeah. He's been very vocal about that. Right. So we're clear. That's his main focus right now. Yeah, I think that's that's smart. That's a smarter move. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's I think I think between now and the next, you know, I guess 13 months or whatever, he can win Texans back um, if he really makes it a priority to do so. I don't think mm-hmm. if he if he like rolls into this thinking he still kind of has the because I don't know, there's still a ton of Beto stickers on cars, man, like from 20, yeah, 2018, are, yeah. you know, 2017, 2018. You're like, you still see them. And it kind of makes me go like, even though I'm a lefty and like I volunteered for Beto when he was running for Senate, like even though I did all that, like now this, you know, four years later or whatever, I'm like, uh, really? Like, I don't know, Beto. But even though that's my opinion and I know other people have that opinion, too, I think he's he can between now and then like win us back. If he just goes to show that, yeah, he's not running against guns and and that, yeah, he's going to do shit about abortion and do, you know, do stuff about yeah. voting rights. Because there's just there's so many rights that have been taken away right. in the, under the Abbott administration. It's like, bring bring those back. Now, as far as his career, I don't know if that's a smart move, because here's what's going to happen once again. You know, it goes back to that Senate and Congress. If Beto gets into the governor's seat. They're going to fight him at every single turn. Yeah. Yeah. And he's probably not going to end up getting as much done. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey can pull off like sort of a centrist line. He can get in there and the Republicans won't have as much fervor in fighting him because he's not as much of a, you know, symbol of progressivism to them or socialism to them as Beto is. Mm-hmm. He's the butt of every conservative jokes. It's him and Joe Biden. Yeah. But he's um, not a socialist. Like he's such he's uh, not such a he's not but standard Democrat. I, I, I'm, thinking, Obama Democrat. I'm thinking from conservative perspective. Yeah, you know, you're okay? right. You're they right. don't know they don't understand what socialism is, and sometimes they don't know what math is. Okay. That's all right. But, yeah. I mean no, it's I not all right, but for this case it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Now if McConaughey gets in there, he's kind of being politically ambiguous, which is a good thing. If we can just get him to kind of like turn the volume off and the whole abortion thing. I don't know. I don't know if and, being ambiguous is inherently a good thing. Like it can go either way. It could, right. It could be a bad thing if he's, I'm not going to say he's a bad actor, but you know what I mean? Like, See, yeah, but you need someone who can court conservatives at least until we can get a yeah. more blue Congress or Senate. That's a good point. So okay, yeah. so I feel I feel like it, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe we'll, we'll, it's not doing us a damn. It's not going to do anyone any, any good if if either of those guys get in there. They can't do anything because you know the GOP is all like you. Yeah, but I mean, so I I think it's going to be unlikely that both Beto and and McConaughey are going to be in the same administration. Like I feel like that's like a like a Christmas fairyland sort of scenario. Maybe not. Um, but like if that okay, so taking McConaughey out of it and say okay, Beto does when governor i think it's it's you bring up a good point the governor actually doesn't have the most power in the state of texas it's the lieutenant governor that has more power um and so like it really is going to depend on who his running mate or however it is lieutenant governor a separate elected position or is it appointed i don't even know lieutenant governor is like their vice president and yeah he's also like the president of the senate it has more prominence at the state level because I remember when when Abbott was running last time around, he was like, I'm running again with Dan Patrick, like like making it clear that the two of them were 
them and, and whoever the Senate majority, I can't remember that guy's name, um, for the, for the state house, for the state Senate, uh, like the three of them were all like, okay, we're all in this together. We're, 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 we're the, the triangle or whatever. Um, and so I feel like, oh, okay. Was it a here's ticket? The thing about the Lieutenant governor. Yeah. Here's the governor thing. I just picked up about this. Um, they control the work of the Texas Senate and the budgeting process as a leader of the legislative and budget board. So when Governor Abbott was trying to freeze their stuff, that's actually something something he was having Lieutenant Patrick do. Um, yeah, exactly. So I mean, to, that that, that kind of be my point. Where like you need you need someone else in there to do that. Would it be one of the House Democrats who like Tel Rico, uh, for instance? Would it be someone like that that you would? kind of bring alongside with you to kind of be because I mean that's to just be honest like the way Abbott uses Dan Patrick is as kind of like an attack dog right, right. like not that Dan Patrick doesn't have his own opinions but like I feel like that's his, that's his role and so I don't know if that's just the dynamic of this administration or if that kind of is like the governor is the governor but then you have your lieutenant governor like right hand person that you have I guess do your dirty work for you know you know what I mean take care of business um who would be that for beto like okay so the governor the lieutenant governor is elected separately from the governor rather than the same ticket. okay so it's, it's therefore possible for the governor and the lieutenant governor to be from different political parties so like oh okay. you could have so it's not like a, ticket. It's a presidential okay. election you could end up with trump and bp harris or something okay. like that you know but they typically do try to run together to further support because here's the thing whenever yeah. the governor is out of state or something lieutenant governor assumes the, the power of the governor and unlike some states um where they occasionally preside over the senate that's a regular thing for the lieutenant, lieutenant governor, governor that, that's yeah, like that's literally his job like think about it's like the vice president compare yeah compare it to like when in the 2000s when cheney basically had a office at congress and was there mm. most wednesdays yeah. Which that was unorthodox. Cheney had offices all over DC. You just went but wherever. You, yeah, <laughs> but you had like a 50 50 Congress Senate split. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know, Dick Cheney is in George W. Bush's own boards. He's Darth Vader. So, I mean, yeah. who's who, who's going to stop him? You? No. He could probably do that right now and everyone would still be afraid of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, we, we'll, we have a long road to ahead before you know to see what changes here but i mean yeah i hope if it's if the option is between beto and abbott like obviously beto 100 percent um mm -hmm. but you're right just because if that even happens and i'm sure we'll say this again a lot between now and then like it doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing as far as like changing things because it's going to have the the house and the senate of texas to like really deal with and maybe yeah. it may be a republican lieutenant governor like that's certainly a possibility too um hope not that would be that would be crazy so moving on to the next speaking of so yeah the next thing is regarding uh the house just real briefly i didn't want to spend too much time on this but i wanted to mention right. uh representative Hen henry quaylar the democrat down south who was the incumbent that very very narrowly beat out jessica cisneros in 2020 um he is the only Democrat voting against the federal abortion bill at, in the House. So in response to Texas and these other states that are following Texas's suit, 
um, the United States House of Representatives, the federal house, um, has decided to pass a bill that is essentially trying to protect reproductive rights. And it was a strictly partisan bill. It was passed completely on partisan lines, all the Democrats and all the Republicans, with the exception of Representative Henley Quaylar, who broke from the Democrats. And By voted. the way, this guy used to be the Secretary of State in like 2001. Of Texas? Yeah. Interesting. He's also one of the most conservative uh, members of the Democratic Party. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's the Joe Manchin of the Texas, you know, of, of the 30, however many delegates we have, 30, 36 Texas House or I'm yeah. sorry, uh, U.S. House seats. Um, yep. Yeah. So he's he's the one who is the, you know, the equivalent to the your mansion and your your Christian cinemas in the in the Senate who say they're Democrats, who caucus with the Democrats. Um, but th they tend to vote with Republicans. And here's the thing. I heard this said the other day. And I'm like, that's so friggin' true. The, I really am tired of the news framing these people as centrists because they're not centrists. Right. If you compare them, if you compare it, like, what does the American people want? And you look at like the, the polling on that and it's like, oh, like 80% of the country wants like universal health care. Okay. Then you ask like these people who claim to be centrists who would just normally be like, whatever the American people want, I'm not going to take the extreme on it. Um, these people are essentially taking a very extreme position because they're siding with a tiny minority of people who like don't agree even with the, you know, the Democrats or the Republicans. They're like kind of taking their own little, little narrow lane and their own understanding of, of the world, whatever. It's essentially just their donors, right? Like in the instance of Manchin, he's a West, right. West Virginia senator. And so, uh, you know, coal runs West Virginia. So the coal and mining industries are like super deep in his pockets. And so like he just votes whatever they want him to do, which a lot of times isn't what most I of the mean, Democrats he owns want. One, he owns one that, that is ran by his now. Yeah. And so that's, you know, I, I don't know what Henry Quaylar's, you know, where his job is uh, or where he came from, but I'm sure it's the same sort of thing. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if oil and, oil and gas have, have, you know, even though he's a Democrat, uh, he might have some ties to those industries or something like that, you know, some other right, right leaning sort of thing where he's just going to side with his donors because that's what most of these politicians do. That's the problem with our system is that th the American people and the will of the American people like is not reflected in our politics like at all. It's the will of the donor class uh, that that we see stuff actually getting done on. And, and there's a I, I wish I can go I can go back and find that study from like 2014 um, that kind of just shows that. I, I, I think it's Princeton. I can't remember. I think it's a Princeton study that shows, okay, yeah, here's here's a ton of data. And it's like, okay, all these laws, all this polls of pe what people want. And then like, none of that stuff ever you're happens. Right. He's very know? well connected. Oh, yeah. His what? brother is, a sheriff, is the sheriff of Webb County ever since 2008. His hmm. sister, uh, Rosie Quellar Castillo, is the Laredo Municipal Judge. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's got he's got ties, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess a lot of, you know, a lot of these politicians do, I suppose. But yeah, so that so that was just disappointing. Like, I don't know, we're not going to Georgetown. Good on him. There you go. But like, we're not going to rehash the whole abortion thing from last time we talked about that. Well, you know, I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it because it's going to continue to be an ever pressing issue. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the federal government is trying to do something about it. The House now on that bill, the bill is probably not going to pass the Senate. Uh, this is really more of a like a symbolic gesture on the part of the House saying we support you guys. But as far as like the likelihood of this actually becoming a law, 
not likely. You're going to need 60 votes in the Senate. That's that's not going to happen. Um, so you know, so we'll we'll continue to follow that you know whole front of stories as 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 things change and evolve. Uh, and like really, the last kind of thing that we had uh, to talk about this week um, was really all the stuff that happened with Haiti, and so or that not Haiti specifically, but the Haitian migrants that were at the border for the past couple of weeks that are no longer there. Um, so Thomas, I guess, do you want to, do you mind recapping since a lot's happened? Uh, and you, I know you've been kind of reading up on some of this stuff. Do you want to, do you want to do a brief recap? Sorry. Well, we, I was still on quail or what, okay. what, what are we, what are we on? Uh, By the, the way, he votes with Trump 75% of the time. What were you saying? Yeah. The uh, Democrat who votes with Trump 75% of the time. He's yeah. a blue dog Democrat. Yeah. He's basically a, uh, uh, a Republican somehow yeah. still voted the fifth Blue dog most Democrat. bipartisan member of Congress by fucking Georgetown. I'm not sure how that works, but yeah, anyways, bipartisan. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. yeah, things are different now. Bipartisan used to be a nice word that was like, oh, we we want things to be bipartisan. That's a good thing. Uh, in this climate that we have, with everything so divided and and polarized, that's actually not a good thing. Uh, and it's just an excuse to kind of to kind of t- take your side or whatever. One more, just since you're, since we're still talking about it, like one more thing just to say about this. This is another example, another thing that we can look at to where we say, okay, here's the party, and like the party not reflecting the decision making or the or even the ideology. And so it's like I, I will always want to remind our listeners and remind myself when I'm trying to think through these things that like you have, you know, your worldview, you have your thoughts, your ideology, whatever that is. Um, and then separate from that, you have the party that rep that tries to represent some of those ideas in our country. And in our country, we only have two of those, which is a disgrace. In my opinion, we look around the world. Most other countries with democracies have some some sort of parliamentary system where they've got multiple, multiple parties. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there is some sort of like plurality of like you got a bunch of different choices. You can maybe agree with two or three, four different parties on certain things, depending on the issue. We don't have that here in this country. So we only have these two friggin' parties and neither one of them. state-run capitalism is what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but no, absolutely. Like red or blue, they essentially (laughs) represent the same thing. They essentially represent the same elite class and they only disagree with each other on very minute sort of things. But both of them are 100% for upholding the current capitalist system that we have in this country. And so like when it comes to the Overton window, if you don't know what the Overton window is, it's essentially like the section. So you can imagine a a continuum left to right, blue to red. You know, the farthest left is the furthest blue, the communism. Uh, And as you go forward to to the right, you get kind of past, you know, hit the center and then you keep going further, further right. And those are the right wing ideologies. And then once you get to the very far end, you get the fascism or whatever. And so the Overton window is the section of that continuum that is possible or available to you in the discourse in your country. So if you look at a place like France, that window is over off to the further left-hand side of the graph. And like maybe their right wing is kind of near our near the center or maybe just a little bit to the right of the center. In America, mm-hmm. our Overton window is way over off to the right. And so the furthest left-wing ideologies that are even possible in the discussion of our discourse in this country is like Bernie Sanders. And he's Who's a, like barely left of center. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Barely left of center. If you took Bernie Sanders and put him in France or put him in the United Kingdom or in Germany, he would be a centrist, essentially, um, because over there you have real communists. You have, the, you know, real uh, socialist Labor Party people who are like 
advocating for way different things that that we don't even talk about over here. They're not even on the table. And so that's and, and so when people talk about left, right, blah, 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 like in our country, we don't really even have left like Democrats. The party, the Democratic Party is not a left wing party. It doesn't represent or fight for real left wing socialist values. Uh, and so like, that's, that's the thing. Like, I think it's just important to kind of remind ourselves, okay, maybe we believe X, Y, or Z. Like I believe human beings should be treated with dignity across the board, period, regardless of where you're from, what language you speak, whatever color your skin is. But like, even though I believe that, like this system that we have currently, like doesn't treat people like that and hasn't ever really. And so it's like, okay, well, what we have currently now, like doesn't really view people in that sort of way. So like what, what, when I'm looking around trying to find you know, ideas or philosophies that do view that they tend to be more socialist sort of ones because they at least recognize the humanity in things. But like, again, then when I look at the party, well, who can I vote for that believes those things? There's nobody here. There's, there's, there's not anybody. And, and I'm just going to keep talking for a second because I just realized I got disconnected on the internet. What the hell happened? Okay. Well, I'm going to pause the podcast for a second while I try and fix my internet. There we go, man. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, uh, I, so I was like trying to figure out why my internet just completely died and I go into the living room and our little puppy dog is taking a dump and she had stepped on the surge protector to the router while she was pooping all over. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so <laughs> but we're back. Sorry. I had to share that story. I don't know why. Um, so that's an outside dog now. Yeah. So, yeah. So is that, so that's, uh, yeah, that, that's Lucille. So anyways, I was just trying to say all of that because our parties suck, both of them, and they don't represent, yep. uh, they don't represent what a lot of us actually want to see happen. But anyways, sorry, did you have anything to say about all that? I was, I was just going off for a second and then we lost connection, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Here's what I think. I think we have failed to allow our government to evolve. And the conspiratorial person in me thinks this. I think, you know, we waged this big war on socialism and communism. Right? But it wasn't because socialism and communism were so much were evil or worse than capitalism. It's because it really is the people taking maids of production for themselves. Yeah. I think they were trying to preserve the, the status quo. And in doing so, that became... The goal for everything it became their their foreign policy it became their economic policy it became all this and if you notice life's gotten a lot better if you're rich right but it's gotten a lot worse if you're not the more money you get in this country the better your life gets and it's not just because hey i'm in a better economic situation it's because we built our laws to accommodate you that's why it's also more expensive to be poor or broke in this country than it is to be rich. Oh yeah. You go to these Everything's other, free you go to these other rich, countries. Yeah. yeah. You go to these other countries, it's way more equitable. It's also why, you know, they have uh you know, when Ross Perot somehow got to the stage in uh in the nineties, they changed the rules again to keep third parties out. Yeah. It's because they yeah. don't only want two parties. Yeah. They want to keep they it. want you to choose yeah. between Coke and Pepsi. Yep, because that's how they maintain you you drink water. power. That's how yeah. they maintain power, maintain yeah. control. And you could just see that even with the Democratic Party, how they screwed over Bernie in you know 2016. 
Um, and mm-hmm. again in 2020, how they colluded to get mm-hmm. behind Biden. Uh, you know, I was just talking about this the other day before Super Tuesday. Uh, you know, just watch it. So Bernie won two states and like had to split one or split some points with with uh, Buttigieg on a third one of the first four in the election, in the primary election. And that was unprecedented. And that scared the crap out of the Democratic Party because the fact that, oh, my God, a Democratic Socialist might actually be winning the nominee. And so yeah. what did they do? Everybody else dropped out. Klobuchar dropped out. Beto dropped out. You know, everybody like immediately just Buttigieg dropped out. Everybody got right behind Biden and got in line. And it was just like, wow, you wow. Like, you're not even going to let the American people like still finish. You're just going to make well, it. Their purse you know. strings is what that is. Yeah. You yeah. wonder how Trump was able to consolidate power so so quickly is because he used to be a campaign. He used to be a kingmaker, not just a king. So he knew what strings to to pull and where. That's why he was able to consolidate things so freaking quickly. Yep. Yep. So and you know I I, I before let's go ahead and wrap up on Biden and move on to the last thing. But yeah. Um. But just you know I don't think he's gonna win a second term. I don't know if he's gonna run a second term. But I don't I think he is going to be a one term president kind of a reset just to kind is of it kind of bad that I want both Biden and Trump to kind of like go away due to old age. Yeah. Not well, necessarily die, but be out yeah. of the local spectrum. Yeah. Get out of the public eye. No, I don't think that's bad. That's what the country needs. Like after Trump, the country kind of needed a boring president like Biden. Um, but right. he's not going to change anything drastically. I mean, just look. So the next story we're going to talk about is the Haitian immigrants. Just look at the immigration policy of Biden versus the immigration policy of Trump. Biden has already deported more people than Trump did in his four years in office. And Biden hasn't been in office a year yet. Mm-hmm. And so under the the executive, what is the name of the order? I'm totally blank. A 42. Is that what it is? Order number? Yeah. Title like Title 42. Is this because of COVID, they're essentially, it's this new sort of de- uh, deportation essentially law where it's like, you don't need to have a trial uh, to be deported because of COVID. We're just trying to expedite things. So we're just straight up removing people out of the country. And like the numbers was like 400,000 or so were uh, under this title, mm-hmm. 42 were removed under Trump and currently still going up under Biden. It's been 680,000 people that's you know getting close to a million people that have been removed in the past year uh under title 42 and and so some people are like pretty upset saying look this is not immigration policy this was an emergency order because of the pandemic you shouldn't be conducting immigration policy like across the entire nation under this one thing but that's essentially what's happening so you know just to your point about like you know you know both of these guys kind of going away like yeah if he's if he keeps doing stuff like this um he's not going to be popular he's already like tanking in popularity now but like he's still got a three three years to go or whatever but he's not going to be not going to have an easy run again if he does try to run again and to be honest you know like i hope his popularity keeps tanking a little bit um because then maybe he will actually have to do something that people will like him for (laughs) <laughs> to like maintain you know something like free college for instance or you know some sort you know right. some the something only thing i could say about biden is he's a lot less predatory with the asylum process because the people who get deported still had a chance of that for instance take the hate the people on the haitian border 
actually a small percentage of them have been straight up deported. The rest of them have actually been admitted through our asylum process because there yeah. were legitimate means for them seeking asylum. And yeah. I'm not condoning anything that the Border Patrol did. I'm just saying that's that's a leg up because what Trump would do is, you know, with our immigration program, you have a, someone who can sponsor you, right? Mm-hmm. He'd go after the sponsor too. Yeah, he'd be predatory about it. Yeah, Biden's not doing that, but honestly, like it's the difference between like a fifty and a fifty-five. You get what yeah, I'm saying? It's a pretty low bar. Both of these are unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. And so I guess, well, I guess we'll recap. The story, if you didn't hear, it was kind of all over. The, it made national news. Uh, Texas is doing that a lot lately this year. Um, but essentially, that we had between, I don't remember, the, I don't know the total number. At, at, at one point, there was 15,000. At the highest point, there was as most as 30,000 um, right. migrants that were located uh, just across the border on the Texas side uh, in Del Rio, at the, underneath the Del Rio International Bridge. And it's, so, like, the question maybe becomes, why are the why are Haitians at the border? Why Haiti? Uh, if you don't know where Haiti is, it's in the Caribbean. It's a small island country that is splits the country with the Dominican Republic, the island. with it. So the eastern half of the island is the Dominican Republic. The western half of the island is Haiti. Um, Haiti is the home. Haiti, by the way, the first, the first country to call it slavery. Just yes. So it's the only successful slave revolution in the world. Uh, in 18, oh crap, I'm blanking on the 1803, I think it, it, it lasted like 20 years, but I think they finally, 1803 or 1805, somewhere right around there. Um, and so, yeah, because of that, because being like the first, uh, black nation that abolished, you know, their colonizers, the French, uh, and you know, as a, as a slave uprising and revolt. It's a very, very interesting story. If you don't know the story of the Haitian Revolution, it's a fantastic story. Um, but because of that being the case, they weren't um, particularly like America, never particularly was like crazy about them. Oh, that's that's a country where, you know, a bunch of Af- African, you know, and indigenous people like had a revolution. Like we're not we don't want to be friends with them or help them. We even essentially took the United States government, essentially acquired all of their gold, like essentially just like seized it in the 1920s. Uh, and we've just kind of kept it ever since. And so it's like, there's all sorts of messed up geopolitical stuff between like the United States and Haiti that you can go back and find, uh, look into if you're interested. But essentially, like I'm saying all that because there's all sorts of problems that have been going on in Haiti for a long time. Uh, it's not a wealthy country it, it, and they had an earthquake in 2010. That was really, really bad. Um, and they had another earthquake again earlier this year. The president was assassinated uh, earlier this year. Um, and so pretty much a lot of these migrants left in 2010 after that earthquake. And then have, they've been in South America. They've been in places like Colombia and Venezuela and Brazil. And they started coming up to America uh, over the past year or two. I, I think really yeah. because of the Biden administration. And so like they're just now getting here. Uh, and they didn't want to go back to Haiti because of the other earthquake that just happened and because of all the unrest because and of the assassination. Yeah. yeah, like going back's not really an option. Um, but going back is what they did because that's what the American government, so that's what we did. Over the past two weeks, we essentially put them all on airplanes and we flew them back to Haiti. Uh, we were just flying yeah. constant flights out of the country for until, until all of them were gone, I guess. Oh, but horse patrols are now banned from the border, apparently. 
Yeah. That, that's a thing. So horses. So the thing that made national news is the is the Border Patrol on horses corralling and chasing migrant immigrants and threatening them with their long reins. Stories are written at first where it looked like they were whipping migrants with whips. It turned out not to be whips, but long reins. Um, you I can mean, still whip somebody with, with a rein. Yeah, you like can the, still whip. The whipping exactly. motion is, is exactly. it's a verb, bro. Yeah, and a, le- a leather whip fucking hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry, like that's it's it's not a humane way to to treat people uh by any stretch of the imagination. And it is the imagery of it too. So some there's some pictures that made, you know, headlines and they're they're in the show notes below uh and if you want to check them out. Um if you haven't seen these and you probably have if you've been on the internet, you've probably seen memes or stuff making, you know, making light of these pictures. But essentially, you know, you got your border patrol on horseback and then you've got black people with grocery bags running in fear. Uh, and it's just like, Oh, okay. What does this remind us of? You know, like what yeah. history, what, what history do we have in this state? Uh, that like looks like I this. Seen this yes, exactly. So like whether or not, and I know a lot of people are trying to come to the aid of the border patrol or come to their defense and be like, look, they, this is what they do. They're protecting the border. That's what they're supposed to do. Uh, like fine, whatever. I'm like, and I don't even necessarily have a problem with you riding a horse while you do that. Like the borders terrain, depending on where you're at, it's not the best terrain. Like you probably shouldn't be riding ATVs in some of that area. Horses maybe is the best mode of transportation to be used in some of those places. But that being the case, like this is a really bad look. This does not look good when you're, when you're doing this to people. And like the other thing is why are you preventing, like if the situation that was publicized was essentially people that just cross the river with with food like they weren't threatening the border patrol they didn't have any weapons on them like you literally just watched them wade across the river because they had to go into mexico to get food because there's not enough food in the camp under the bridge in texas and so that was going that's what was going on there was just constant traffic into mexico so they could get groceries and then coming back into Texas. And so it was like during one of those return trips that the Border Patrol's like, oh, don't come in. And it's like, bro, they have they were here a second ago. They went to get food. They're coming back. Like, what are you doing? Um, Here's what I love about this. We demonize other countries for doing this. Shit, but we yeah. 100% created this. And when I say 100% created it, I mean, most of the destabilization in Haiti is because they keep trying to get yeah. leaders that aren't American friendly. And yeah. they keep on dying over mysterious circumstances that may or may not involve the CIA. Yeah, I mean, and that's the, and I don't know enough about the this incident. There's still a lot of questions around the the president's right. assassination. But if we just look at Latin America and the Caribbean in general, and say, has the CIA or the United States been involved in a, in any of that? Like, yes, you can go back over a hundred years, and the CIA and the yeah. United States have been involved in like every the single one of these. Report had a really good uh, guy come in and talk about this about Haiti around the time he got assassinated. I think that was what hmm. January something like that. Was it that long ago? No, I think it was like April or May or something like that. Yeah, I, like. I, I do a lot of Uber Eats and I remember listening to it while I yeah. was doing a podcast. It was really informative. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even really know what to say about all this. We, we have a lot. So that because there were so many developments and changes in the stories, like we've just kind of bombarded. We put, just posted a lot of them in the show notes below. Just so you can, if you as, as a listener, like didn't catch any of this stuff and want to know about it, we, we put a bunch of different stuff. But I mean, it's, I feel like as far as like what has been said about it, I don't know what to really add to it. I mean, I guess the fact that we can maybe have commentary on 
why why are we still doing like it what else could we do like i don't want to pretend it's a simple situation that like we just you know shouldn't you know shouldn't do this period but it's like you know, immigration is is a complicated issue border security and border issues is a whole other complicated issue and so yeah. to, to, i mean my personal just getting to my personal perspective and bias uh i think we should get rid of borders i'm one of those people uh and so like that is the really simple way to do it well if you just stop policing borders if you just take down the fences and walls and give people free access to places i'm not saying have a one world government where all it's all one country i'm not saying that i'm just saying people are going to be moving so if we think of climate change being the you know the disaster that we're all going to have to constantly deal with over the next century um that is going to cause millions hundreds of millions if not more than a billion people to move um they're gonna yeah. have to move away from the coasts they're gonna have to move away from the rivers they're gonna have to move away from the deserts because where they lived didn't used to be a desert but now it is uh there are somewhere where they used to live isn't wasn't cold but now it's uninhabitable because it's freezing cold like there's speculation that europe because of the warm water and the ocean currents that's why europe is as warm as it is even though it's latitudinally uh, way further north than like America is. Like if you look at, right. you know, like <laughs> if you look at Europe on a globe, you're like, wait, it's like way up there, and it's not that cold because of the warm ocean currents. But like if climate change continues to change in an un, you know unpredictable sorts of ways, that could change. Uh, and so all I'm just saying all that, like people are gonna be friggin' moving. That that's gonna be happening. That is the future yeah. of Earth over the next hundred, two hundred years. Is people gonna move? So if people gonna move, like why? Why do the border thing? <laughs> like, right. why? Here's, here's you know, my other thing too, because like, it's not even that practical. Because what people don't know, you want to know the secret sauce to America's economy? It's immigration. It's literally that's yeah. literally what it is. Hundred percent exploitation, but it's also the fact that uh, you know, uh, immigrants aren't just low skilled workers; they're also extremely high skilled workers. Oh, for okay? sure. That they have they have them on both ends, and we treat them the same, which is stupid. What we need to do is give them a pathway to citizenship as long as they're not like breaking any of our laws, you know, as long as they're not here to be terrorists or anything. I don't have, have a problem with them being here, you know, you vet them, which is what they do. And then you bring them in there and you you make efforts to make to make them U.S. citizens as quickly as possible. That's what you need to do. Like, I think it's ridiculous that some people have to wait like 20 years to be a U.S. citizen. But see, I so I and I hear you and I, I don't disagree with that necessarily, but I think like taking yeah. the citizenship route is like adding more red tape. It's like, nah, bro, you don't need to be a citizen to come in here. Do you have citizenship in Mexico or do you have citizenship oh, in You're Guatemala? You're saying to get rid of it as like, as like a, uh, a means of getting rid of all the bureaucracy. That actually yeah. might be. Saying, do you that have, might be the better approach. Yeah. Do you and have papers like, somewhere? Like, but and as long as you've yeah. got papers somewhere, cool. You can come in here as long as we can keep track of you. Whatever. But like the the but having the fences and the guard, the armed guards and the tanks, right. you know, or whatever. Like all of that. Why? Why? Why people are going to be coming and people have and that's the thing. Like if you just look over the course of human history, people have been walking over borders the entire time. The borders are imaginary. We made them up. I mean, uh, our, our asses are are here, and this is not <laughs> this is not the land of my people. Okay, yeah, I'm very Scotch Irish. Exactly. So you know, like I don't know. I, I know that's I know I know most people uh, aren't 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 quite where I'm at on this, but like it's I just think it's something we really need to strongly consider as we move forward into the future because it is going to be an issue 
that needs to be resolved in some sort of way. And like, we could make it easy for ourselves as a country, or we can make it very difficult for ourselves. Mm. And like, it, when it comes to human beings and people, like people are people, you know, we should, they all, everybody should be treated the same, whether or not you're a citizen. And that's the thing, right. that's where the citizen thing is like, it, it, it's used to justify mistreatment of people who are not citizens because well, and that's not the other citizen. thing i have i have a problem with the u.s law thing in, in general is like why is everyone to have such a freaking problem with human rights yeah like you shouldn't have to go in debt to get an education you shouldn't have to go into debt and when i say debt i mean like astronomical not going to get out of this anytime soon to get you know health care and education i listen to dave ramsey all the time there's this one widow the other day her husband sold the freaking house to pay for his cancer treatment, yeah. which he died from, unfortunately. And he still owed money. Yeah. You know, like so how hard yeah. is it to treat humans like humans? Yeah. How and that's how just the that? healthcare system. Yeah, there's so many systems in our country that we need. And that's the most infuriating thing is we can just look around. We can I mean, Mexico has socialized medicine. You know, Canada has socialized medicine. More that's Americans go. More Americans fly to Mexico for dentistry than Mexicans come into America each year. Here's where we're at. We have insurance companies flying their patients overseas to get medical treatments because it's more efficient and cheaper for them yep. than it is to have it here. It's almost how the healthcare industry is literally almost too expensive for the healthcare industry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's inefficient. It's yeah. and that's the thing. Well, when you talk about efficiency, it's like efficiency for who? You know, is it the the bureaucratic entity or is it the human beings? And oftentimes, like what is better administratively, uh, is worse for us. It, it actually makes it a less efficient process for on the human side of things. So I don't know. We're just going off, just going off about different different problems now. Um, but yeah, I like I don't I don't know. I guess just to kind of wrap everything up, like like yeah, things are. Things are, are crazy at the border. I guess they're chilling out a little bit, but these Haitian migrants aren't going to be the only migrants that we're, ha- that we're going to be having trying to come into the country. No. Um, you know, we're going to continue to see these sort of trends every summer when we have storms, right? And different things happening, every natural disaster. You, you know, you never know when an earthquake's going to come. But as these things happen, people are going to move. Uh, and so, like, we're gonna have and to, Haiti, we're gonna have to do Haiti itself it. is already kind of messed up. It already has the highest population yeah. of orphans in the world. Yeah. And we're sitting here beating them. But yeah, they're going to come here even more with climate change happening. Yep. And that's people go where the prosperity is. And so, like, mm-hmm. where's the richest country in the region? Well, America, that's us. That's us. Right and, now, China's going to take us over. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how all that goes. But it's, it's funny to me because it's like, it's really almost a contradiction like of the Monroe Doctrine. And so I know I'm getting history here for a second before we wrap up. But like, it, for, for the listener, if you don't know, the Monroe Doctrine is a doctrine from the 1840s. President Monroe essentially said, and I'm not going to quote him, but essentially was like, Latin America is our sphere of influence. So the Caribbean, Central and South America, in a sense, belong to the United States, or at least is the responsibility of the United States. And so this is the foreign policy directive. This, this, this doctrine has been essentially the guiding principle for us doing everything that we've done in Latin America. Uh, Salvador Allende in Chile in 1971, that, that's because of the Monroe Doctrine. You know, if you want to talk about us interfe- interfering with Cuba, 
you know, before and after the revolution. That's that's the Monroe Doctrine. All of the, you know, Guatemala, you want to look at Haiti, you want to look at Venezuela, Colombia, all Nicaragua, like all of that Monroe Doctrine. And so it's like, okay, we cause all these problems all over Latin America. People are fleeing violence. You know, MS-13 is a product of the American prison system being sent back to Guatemala. Like all of these things we did. And then when people are coming up to us, fleeing those, the results of those problems, it's like, oh, not our problem. Sorry, you're not a citizen. You know, and it's like, it's a contradiction of the Monroe Doctrine. It's like, no, 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 no. You know what? Over 160 years ago, you said, you said that this area is actually our responsibility. Uh, act like it, you know, and, and we can agree or disagree with the Monroe Doctrine. I'm not going to, but I'm just saying it's like, this is, this is an inherent contradiction where it's like, oh, we have the right to intervene and stir up stuff and assassinate leaders and, you know, back rebels or whatever. Uh, American imperialism. <laughs> like, I remember, I remember all the conservatives being like, I hate all the foreign election interference and U.S. elections. I'm like, you don't want to hear about foreign election interference yeah. in other parts of the world. Yeah. And who did it? Spoiler alert, it's us. It's, it's us. us by a very large margin. Like it's honestly, when we started bitching about Russia getting into our elections, it was literally the most hypocritical thing I've ever seen because yeah. of how many of their elections we've gotten into. Oh yeah. I American mean, imperialism's yeah. ruining the world. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's the that is the thing. It's just we we're getting a taste of our own medicine. Don't know what to do about it. Not that I not that I necessarily want Russia to be interfering with us, but like, hey, that's we've been playing that game for a long time. It's been it's you know, it's bound to happen to us. It's gonna continue to happen. Mm-hmm. It's the way of the world, especially with cyber whatever, right? Everything done over the internet, all of this stuff being done digitally. It's just even easier. It's way even easier to intervene in ele- intervene with an election from Ukraine or from China or Russia or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just funny to me. Not funny because it's a terribly tragic thing, but it's just like God, right. God damn, we're such hypocrites. Like, <laughs> you know. And there's just the cognitive dissonance. Most people just don't aren't aren't aware or don't care. So thank you, listener, for sticking with us this whole time. Because obviously, if you made it 75 minutes into this episode, you care. Uh, so thank yeah. you, for, thank you for caring. Appreciate you listening to our ramblings here. Absolutely. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna continue to keep trying to keep everyone here in Fort Worth, Texas, abreast of you know what's going on at the county level and the city level, state level, and at the national level that's affecting us here. And hopefully try and educate you guys and empower you guys to uh, to try and change things uh, for all of us. We you know and that is by doing that by voting. So please you know if you're not registered to vote yet, please register to vote. Um, contact if you don't know how send us an email uh F- we'll, 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 we'll take care of you yeah we'll take care of you but both both thomas and i are tarrant county uh deputy registrars for voters i'll come over there yeah. man i don't even have a car but i'll come yeah. over there hit us up and be like hey i want to register yeah we'll meet you up we'll get you a, a card so you can get it in the mail the last day to register before the election is october 3rd because you got to do it a month out right um and that's coming up that's in like a week so hopefully hopefully you hear this episode if that's you if you need to get that taken care of get that taken care of asap um but if you've got any questions or comments or literally if you do need to be registered literally hit us up we will we will come meet we'll take care of that for you um please hit us up at uh fwfreedomreview at gmail.com and on twitter at fwreview Uh, We would certainly love to hear from you. Also, if there's any stories that you would like us to cover or any information that you have about any, you know, proposition or candidates or goings on here. I know some people like are real buddy buddy with some of the council people, commissioner people around here. So if that's you and you want to 
you want to share some information, shed some light on, on some of the inner workings of the, the bureaucracy here, that would be fantastic. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And thank you, Thomas, for, for doing this one with me today. I appreciate it. It was just the two of us, but we, we got through it. Good job. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Have fun. Bye. Bye.